schools, you name it. Guess who? It's me again. It's five o'clock. Do you care what the mainstream media says? What's up, fam? You out there? You listening? Coming to you live from central Wisconsin, where we discuss the important happenings of the day. Get ready to check out what's going on during the day and try to find out what's important in our world and get what's what's getting lost in our world. No, let's screw it. Let's do it. How many great awakenings have there been? See my shirt? How many great awakenings have there been? Periods of religious revival is the definition of a great awakening. Have there been three, four, five, six, eight revivals encouraging introspection? How many times in human history have there been great awakenings? Times of encouraging introspection. The first was in the 1730s. It, it was called the, the Frontier Revival. There was pockets of revivalism. Solomon Stoddard and theological, um, social, and rhetorical notions ushered in the period of American revelation. The second, the Great Awakening, religious revival in the United States in the late 18th century. It was unique because it moved beyond the educated elite to those less wealthy and educated. Free black churches popped up all over the place with white people attending them. The Third Awakening is approximately in the 1850s and the 1900s. There's a social gospel. Hmm. One of the things that was created during that time was the YMCA in 1844. Make you wonder why Trump plays uh, YMCA. The fourth is debated, as are many others in religious history, because religious history has been changed so many times. The 1960s and the 1970s, there was a Jesus movement, church music, and Southern Baptist, and and, um, Southern Lutherans, Synod Lutherans, different, different offshoots of of faith and belief and something much more powerful than the human mind can understand. Since then, there has been many other breakaways of types of religion. There's a Calvinism portal, the evangelical Christianity portal, the Methodism portal, and the religion, religion portal. Define religious freedom in America. That was some of the speech that I was going to give at Threadfest. So 
just for you guys. It's good to see you guys out there today. It's a great awakening and it's happening every day. Every day it's happening all around us. All around us, amazing things are happening, and you guys are here with me, hanging out with me, and we get to go through it together. It's a lot of fun, and it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you guys today. Thanks for being here today. Everyone over there in the Foxlight app, thanks for joining us here today. Tam Growl, the first one in the house. Good to see you over there. A large group of great patriots over there streaming today. Big Bill Ding, 412 and on, based Amy True Reporting, Johnny Dangerously, Sloan TV, WRH Rivero, uh, Patriot News. All kinds of great streamers over there on the Fox Without app. So we look forward to being you guys being here with us today. Thanks for being here today, Tam Grau, and the rest of you out there lurking on the Fox Without app. You want to find out everything uncensored, go to uncensoredabe.com. That's where you can find it, uncensoredabe.com. You can watch the show straight from there, and you can listen to the podcast, Podbean, iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify. Pick one, anyone. You can find the podcast everywhere. And I did double-check podcast numbers, steady growth. Very steady growth. Um, so thank you all for the support on the podcast out there. I know many of you can't catch us live, and if you can't, you can always check the podcast out. And thank you for all the truckers that support the podcast as well. I know many of you guys are out there as well. Thank you, thank you guys for being for being part of the Uncensored family. I appreciate you guys very much. Telegram, true social links are at the very top, and you can watch the show. You can find out a little bit about me. The merchandise section is up there. If you want to get yourself some cool shirts, that's going to be uh, getting edited in the near future. And uh, the 2021 uh, archive blog. If you think things are just done and over and things are terrible, I'm leaving the 2021 archive blog up there to remind everybody that life is not as bad as it seems because we went through an amazing year last year of amazing news. Watch us online every day, 5 Eastern, Monday through Friday, Foxhole, DLive, Twitch, Rumble, CloudHub, and Tiger Network are where you can find us. Uh, YouTube banned us for too much truth, so screw them, whatever. Last two shows are always up on the screen right there, as well as, as previous show content from uh, the past several years. Uh, help keep the lights on. If you want to help me keep the lights on, hit the Cash App, PayPal, and Patreon button. Thank you all for all the Patreons out there. You guys help pay the monthly bills and have done so for, for since the beginning. Thank you all very much. And I'm going to be changing up uh, this kind of stuff here in the near future, too, as well, now that I can finally get stuff set up. Um, the, big, the big thing that's changing for me is Mike Lindell and my pillow sponsoring the show is huge for me. Uh, call 1-800-653-7856. Use discount code Abe, or you can click the link right there, and it brings you to boom, mypillow.com backslash Abe. You can receive a free gift by using promo code a Abe and get a nice discount on everything that's, that they have out there. They have a blowout on slippers right now. Uh, save 90 bucks on slippers. Uh, they have... Uh, so there's the book, the free gift you get when you get stuff. You get to buy one, get one free uh, bed sheets or pillows, uh, towel sets. So you, you, there's a great deals going on right now over there at my pillow. So if, check them out when you guys get time. Um, you guys, it's it's a game changer. It really is. If you guys need some towels, everybody needs towels. You can get a two for one towels with a huge discount and get a free book. So if you want to use that, check that out when you guys guys get time. On uh, mypillow.com backslash Abe is where you can find that. So thanks guys very much for all the support of the show. I appreciate you guys very much. And if you can't help in that way, just do me a favor. Help share the stream. Tell somebody about it. Tell somebody about the website. Just say hey, check this guy out when you guys get time. I appreciate you guys out there. Lots of new listeners in the past year, so thank you guys for joining us. Facebook, True Social, and Gab links are at the very bottom. And the email address, Linktree, and my P.O. box, if you want to. I have to go, dang, I have to go check that thing. It's been a while since I checked the P.O. box. Um, so if you sent me anything... I will go find out uh, maybe tomorrow. I'll try to get over there and check it out. So uh, thanks, guys, very much for being here today. I appreciate you guys very much. Um, everyone over there on the Fox Without App, thanks for joining us here today. What's going on Twitch? Good to see you guys out there. Uh, old Moody, Novak's Ever, and Double Aided 
Uh, double 88. Got it. Uh, new followers. Dr. J Blazer dropping a gifts up to Weezy Girl. Thank you very much for that. Appreciate you guys very much. And a good crowd working their way in here on Twitch. Thanks for being here today, guys. Chris, thanks for dropping all the links. Pleadius as well. Uh, Z Patriot locked and loaded indeed. The plural lore is out there. Good to see you. Hope all is well. Uh, let's see. Who else is out there? Comfortably Numbs in the house. Good to see you. Johnny B's in the house. Good to see you, Johnny B. Hope all is well. Um, good to see you, Comfortably Numb. Hope all is well. Uh, good crowd over there on, on uh, Rumble as well, as well, working their way over there. Do me a favor, hit that plus button at the bottom of your screen there and uh, help me uh, uh, spirit, <laughs> compete over there on Rumble, man. There's a lot of great creators over there on Rumble. Uh, Goody78, good to see you out there. Thanks for being here today, Hank, as well as uh, Chris think, dropping all the links over there as well on Rumble. So thanks for being here today, guys. It is Tuesday, May 17th, and we got Durham news to get to. We have all kinds of stuff on that. We got election integrity stuff to get to. Dr. Jay Blazer in the house, thank you very much for that gift sub yesterday, sir. Much love to you. Um, so we got lots of stuff to get to today. We're going to get to all of that stuff, obviously, here pretty quick. Um, but I appreciate you guys very much for hanging out with us here today. How's the how's the light looking today? Doing all right? I don't know. I I didn't have time to play around with the studio. I've still got lots of stuff going on around here. So trying to get as much done uh, to the house as quick as possible as well. So, yeah, uh, it's been fun, let me tell you. Um, let's see what's going on with the, the foxhole. Hold on a second here. We got a crowd over there in foxhole or not? <laughs> hey, keep true. Thank you. I'm like, what in the world? There says there's a says there's a good good crowd over there. Everyone's over there lurking. Hey, what's up, Boulder Q? Good to see you, man. Hope all is well. All right, so there's definitely Durham news to get to today, so we're gonna get we're gonna get to that. Let me get to let me get a summary of what we got going on here today. Uh, Durham news off the top, so we're gonna get to that pretty quick. Um, then we have it's it's probably gonna be a good hour of that almost. Uh, we're gonna I'm gonna go through all of this stuff. I want to see what's out there today, and so we're gonna kind of do a live dig on uh, the feeds for Durham. Uh, so we're gonna get to that. Thank you, Tam Grau. Appreciate that. Uh, a couple good articles out there with regards to Durham. Mark Elias and the rest. So we'll get to those here pretty quick. Uh, then we're going to get to true. The vote has a lot of good stuff out there on election integrity. We're going to spend a good half hour or so on election integrity stuff. Um, the for, the the soon to be hopefully governor of Wisconsin Timothy Ramthun uh, has been doing some good work out there. He's got about a minute of fire. I need you guys to hear from him. Um, is is mail-in, is uh voter fraud really is it, is it that bad? We're going to talk about that quite a bit here today. So several topics on that, and then after that uh, summary of stuff, and then we'll go back in and check on what see what's breaking out there. If there's anything new uh, that's that's happened before the end of the show, so the last half hour or so, we'll do that. So that's what's planned for today. Thank you guys for hanging out yesterday. It was a lot of fun getting back in the saddle again. It was a quick <laughs> fly-through show yesterday. It seemed like a time flew by as always. And so with that, without further ado, uh, let me check in with you guys. Willie Fix it in the house, Duppy. Good to see you. <laughs> you don't need any more. You're right about that. I would agree. If Duppy's there, we're good. <laughs> let's go, Brandon, in the house. Good to see you. Uh, let's all set. Kirk Allen, what's good, man? Hope all is well. Uh, let's see here. Just going to check in with you guys again real quick, and then we're going to hop straight to it. Cat Rocks. And Peggy, nothing's happening. <laughs> uh, thanks, guys. Freestyler in the house hanging out as well. Good to see you guys. All right, cool, cool. Uh, let me get a sip of water, and then we'll get straight to it here. Or in this case, Sweet Tea, Arnold Palmer. <laughs> All right. 
Justice Thomas, as you guys know, is one of my judicial heroes. Um, stupid thing. Um, and he has words for us that I would like you to hear, please, real quick here. One of the things I'd say in response to the... Now, hold on a second. I thought I could make that bigger. One of the things I'd say in response to the media is when they talk about, especially early on, about the way I did my job, I said, I will absolutely leave the court when I do my job as poorly as you do yours. <laughs> and that was meant as a compliment, really. <laughs> I think we've neglected this side of the room. As well. Oh, gosh. All the way over here, yes. <laughs> It really is good to be me. It really is. <laughs> oh, that's pretty hilarious, dude. <clears throat> so, figure that's a good place to start off the show with here today. Uh, Justice Thomas, one of the greatest out there. And um, if if only the whole court was as hmm as well knowledge and as well uh, informed about the constitution as he, if only it's good to be me. Right. Um, check this out from Denise yesterday. This is the petition that, uh, that they needed to get over a hundred thousand signatures. And you saw it, it's going up right now. Do not sign any world health organization pandemic treaty unless it's approved via public referendum. We want the government to commit to not signing any international treaty on pandemic prevention and preparedness established by the World Health Organization unless this is approved through a public referendum. More details can be found. And they needed 100,000 signatures to get the parliament to consider the petition for debate. What a concept. Like, does this mean that they actually take this up? Wouldn't that be great if, if uh, we, we had a right to petition our, our leaders Hmm, man, 114,508 signatures now. It keeps going up. Gotta love it. So, hey, if you guys know anyone out there in the United Kingdom, uh, do me a favor. Spread that link and uh, spread it far and wide <laughs> and see if we can get that up there as high as possible. Thank you, Denise, for that link yesterday. Appreciate that. All right, Durham. Here is some of the threads that have been highlighted that I wanted to check into. Charlie Savage has one going. Let's check in with him and see what he had going. And then we're going to go through all these different threads on Durham and see what's going on there with breaking on the news with Durham right now. I want to see where it started off here. Um, actually, the, before I go to that, this is kind of just my marker to go to um, Brian. And I lost my spot. Of course I did. Okay, uh, let me just scroll through Brian's stuff here and see what he's got. Um, all right, so there's the link to the different ones. Okay, um, let me see here. Remember the same people that kept telling you Durham's investigation was a sham, then it had been ended long ago, then it was all part of a big cover-up, are the same people who told you just Lane Maxwell wouldn't be taken <laughs> taken to trial. That's a good point. That's a good point, Brian. Uh, just in from Utah, special counsel John Durham's team is opening argument Tuesday morning alleged that former Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman used the FBI as a political tool 
to manipulate the borough on the eve of the 2016 election to create an October surprise against then-candidate Donald Trump, a plan that largely succeeded until they got caught. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yes, the weapon the FBI has and still continues to be weaponized against the American people. Uh, go freaking figure. Um, Svetlana Lakova. This is the one. Why? What does she have wanted to say today? Because this is interesting. Um, Bosworth gets Martin to agree that Jaffe is a respected DNS for for real expert and was an FBI confidential source, which he did. Shaw comes back to ask him if he knew Jaffe was terminated as a source for cause, which he didn't. That's it for Martin. Closed for cause. Closed for cause, says Svetlana, equals completely unreliable. So that's why Jaffe could not go to the FBI himself and laundered the Trump-Russia story through Sussman. Interesting. Interesting. So they already knew that... uh, that Joffy was, uh, yeah. All right. Charlie Savage is starting to link off here. One of the cybersecurity researchers who developed the Alpha Bank data and, and, and analysis and had been on the prosecutor's witness list, Manos Anatakis, has invoked the Fifth Amendment and he won't testify. Of course he didn't. Um, <laughs> he'll, he might have his own t- uh, trial. Uh, Philippus is the uh, prosecuting attorney wants an FBI agent to talk about how the FBI wondered if the DNS data was spoofed as part of its inquiry, reached no conclusion. Judge rules it can't get into that part, that as a part of his earlier ruling, they can't raise that specter if no evidence Sussman had reason to doubt. Hmm. After opening arguments, Mark Elias, Sussman's former partner at Perkins Coy and the general counsel of the 2016 Hillary Clinton campaign, will testify today, and there will likely be some discussion of the Steele dossier materials. Atmospheric note, though it doesn't look like he will talk, John Durham is at the prosecutorial table. Unfortunately, can't see him on the CCTV feed angle. Being in the media rooms, maybe we can only use laptops and be online. Plus, see faces of lawyers rather than the back of the heads. Gotcha. Deborah Shaw, a member of Durham team, begins opening arguments. Uh, tells the jury that Sussman was a privileged lawyer with connections who lied about having no client in order to use the Bureau as a political tool for his clients, Clinton campaign, and a technology executive. Notable while describing the night before text in which Sussman indisputably told Baker he was not coming on behalf of any client. Shaw says it was the alleged reiteration of that statement in person the next day and that it was that is the charged crime. Shaw says it was the alleged reiteration of that statement in person the next day. Okay. Shaw addresses the elephant in the room. Jury tells what uh, Seth Rich. <laughs> probably not uh, tells the jury their feelings about Ru- Tr- Russia Trump Clinton can't play a role in the case this is about our FBI which should not be used as a tool by anyone Republicans or Shaw says or Democrats Shaw says that this was about uh, a look a leak and a lie Shaw says this is about a look a leak and a lie uh, look, Joffe had researchers look for derogatory information about Trump and Russia in DNS data. Leak, Sussman tried to get the New York Times to write about it. Lie, Sussman brought it to the FBI, but lied about having no client. Yeah, no shit. Uh, Shaw tells the jury that the FBI knew Sussman was representing Democrats, that they 
were a victim of a hack contends if they knew he was allegedly repping um, campaign on, on Alpha Bank, they might not have quickly met with him. She doesn't tell them Russia, the perpetrator. She doesn't tell them Russia, the perpetrator of the hack. He's obviously trying to fit his, his you know, as many words in as he can. Um, which, you know, basically he's not trying to, because they know it wasn't a hack, right? So they're not trying to, that's interesting that they're doing that now. Interesting. Um, so there's that. Wrapping up again, she calls Sussman privileged because he could walk into the FBI and get meeting with Baker, whether Republican or Dem, whether love Trump or hate him. We should all agree that the FBI should not be used for political ends, she says. Bosworth says Sussman didn't lie and wouldn't. <laughs> he worked alongside the FBI, former prosecutor, had clearance. Joffe is no mere tech executive, but a global DNS expert and the FBI confidential informant. When Joffe brought him the info, he took it seriously. Bosworth said it was time when it says Bosworth says was a time when questions about Trump connections to Russia were swirling. The plan was to take this new weird thing public and they took it to the New York times. That's what camp. That's what campaign wanted. Get an article that hurts Trump and helps them campaign. Didn't want the FBI meeting. Yeah, right. (laughs) The campaign didn't, didn't want the FBI meeting. They're trying to argue that if they're trying to argue that Durham's going to destroy them. Bosworth says Sussman wanted to give the FBI a heads up so that they wouldn't get get caught flat-footed when the article came out, and the FBI shut down the article. So the government theory is nonsensical. Indeed. <laughs> Bosworth emphasizing the, the Russian hack of DNS, DNC Sussman got hired for says Sussman not involved in the analysis of the Alpha Bank data, didn't know about the spam server, not in a position to understand gobbledygook of DNS data. Yeah, I I was just so stupid. I didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't know, man. Key factual interpretive thing comes into view. Shaw said Sussman went to the FBI because frustrated New York Times was delaying the story um, to sex it up and create urgency. Bosworth says Sussman believed stories publication was imminent and went to the FBI to give them a heads up of what was coming. After talking about subsequent calls that week between Baker and Sussman, Bosworth talks about Baker's bad memory, has testified different things at different times. Yeah, there's a reason for that, because they're all involved in a big, giant conspiracy they're trying to cover up, and they're screwing each other over. Has testified different things at different times. In March 2017, meeting notes discussing a client, that's reasonable doubt if there ever was. (laughs) Well, uh... They don't, do they not know that Baker's cooperating with, with Durham? I don't know, dude. These guys, the defense team, I guess they don't know what they don't know, I guess, right? Uh, Bosworth tries to poke other holes. Sussman was the, was the last lawyer Dems would have sent if trying to conceal since the FBI knew he was a Dem DNC campaign lawyer. Mm, no shit they knew. Campaign didn't direct or want him there. Yeah, bullshit. Joffe gains nothing. <laughs> Um, hmm. Joffe got any new houses or cars or stuff? Yeah, right. Uh, source didn't matter anyway, and the FBI didn't even ask. Yeah, well, I wonder why the FBI didn't ask. <laughs> so they're trying to make this about Sussman, and, and they're trying to to not admit that there's a larger conspiracy here, which is hilarious to watch 
them like live in this false reality world that Democrats live in all their whole freaking lives. Uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna live in this comfortable reality, even though it's garbage, and I'm just gonna lie to myself and everyone around me. Uh, Bosworth wraps up twenty minute break. All right, first prosecution witness says Charlie Savage. FBI Supervisory Special Agent David Martin is sworn in. He's a cyber crime specialist. Shaw was walking him through his background and experience. Got it, got it. Uh, let me check in with chat here. What's uh, what's up, chat? Uh, let's go, Brandon. Good to see you. Um, did you get the link? Yes, I I covered it uh, right off the right off the bat. You're late, Denise. <laughs> uh, let's see. Johnny B says it sounded ridiculous from the very first thing I hear about Russia. I know, right? It. <laughs> In the in the idiots at the FBI knew exactly what was going on, so yeah, that's why they're all fired right now. But hey, let's not talk about that. Um, okay, so David Martin is a is a genius. Got it. He's a, explaining to the jury DNS data is DNS data is your internet has an has an address, an IP address that links to your router. Okay. It's, it's assigned to you, and it's a way that they track us. Uh, all the information that goes through our IP address goes through goes only to us, right? So it's like 100.200.20.50, for instance, whatever, right? See those little dots like that? That's the IP address. DNS data is the, the routing of data through those IP addresses. It just shows who pings what where, who talks to what where, and it gives you a, a background of, of uh, internet history, basically. In general, not specific. In general, just where, what sites you visited, and the and the IP addresses that it that you talked with. All right, Martin is explaining to the jury what DNS data is. That's DNS data. Shaw wraps up in dry Q and A with Martin on topics like DNS data, recursive servers, and Tor exit nodes, torrent exit nodes. Um, Bosworth opens up by getting him Martin to agree that this is complicated stuff and it takes a lot of education and training to become an expert in. Expert in. You know, it does, but it's really simple to see if a server is actually talking with a Russian server. It's really simple to see that. And in fact, you'd have to plant data, which is what DARPA did, in order to make it look that way. Starting with the premise that DNS data doesn't tell you for sure whether a computer actually communicates with another one. Yeah, sure thing. Bosworth gets Martin to agree with Jaffe uh, is a respected DNS for real expert and was an FBI confidential source, which he did. Shaw comes back to ask him if Jaffe knew Jaffe was terminated as a source for cause, which he didn't. Uh, That's it for Martin. All right. Now we hear from the FBI supervisory agent, Scott Hellman, who oversees the cybercrime investigations. The Philippus, again, this is the prosecutorial team, is leading the questioning for now, just laying the groundwork and basics. Hellman took custody of the thumb drives of the Alpha Bank Trump-related DNS data Sussman provided to Baker. Discussion of the chain of custody Baker gave to Peter Strzok. Of course he did. And then along, um, and then along to less prominent names. I think Hellman said he didn't learn where Baker had gotten the data from. He and his, his he and a supervisor analyzed the data and compared their assessment to a narrative that came with it. Hellman explains he was he and his supervisor were skeptical. Uh, they look at the data and the white paper and, and accompanied it and disagree with the methodology and conclusions. Didn't didn't think it made sense um, that a secret channel would use a server with Trump's name on it connecting directly. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> But it doesn't matter because Hillary needed to win and get Trump out of there. Uh, Hellman says they thought it was conveniently coincidental that the supposed secret comms had 
Started three weeks before the inquiry described in the white paper, yeah, you think? And they thought Russia and more sophisticated means to communicate uh, secretly if it wanted. Yeah, you think? Hellman says in terms of technical analysis, he would do the same steps regardless of knowing whether the data came from. But in terms of what level of investigation to open, he would want to know who provided the data with what motivation to figure out how much he trusts the facts, whether they uh, gather more info, i.e. <laughs> right, uh, let me pause here. Let me read this again. Um, he would want to know who provided the data and, and with what motivation to figure out how much he trusts the facts and whether to gather more info. He didn't open an investigation because no hacking. Chicago FBI did a full investigation, he said. Obama's Chicago FBI is the ones who, who started this crap. The Philippus wraps up a break for lunch until 2 p.m. All right, so... That's the morning session. Um, not, you know, this is probably how it's going to kind of be um, in general. So let me just kind of check in with you guys. Best birthday gift ever. You're on True Social. Nice. Uh, let's see. Anything else going on out there? Let me check in with Rumble. How you guys doing over there on Rumble? Anything happening over there today? Uh, just kind of listening. Gotcha, gotcha. Let me keep going then. Uh, let me go to, let's see here. That's, that's pretty much the same thing. Let me, Evan Perez here, to correct message calling it DNC data isn't from Hellman, and he doesn't recall seeing it. He, he now thinks it might be a typo, and someone meant DNS. <laughs> uh, I, I didn't mean DNC. I meant DNS. My bad. My bad. I just misspoke. <laughs> These people are so freaking Hellman says after his analysis, Sussman tip was handed to the FBI Chicago to open investigation. Okay. So that's, that's that. Um, I got the Svetlana stuff out there. Mark Elias takes center stage. Uh, we're pretty much got that. And then three people were reporting. So who was John Hawley? This is the other one I wanted to see this guy's thread. Um, let's see here. He's, he's got 18 minutes, half minute, half hour ago. Oh, you suck. Twitter, I freaking hate Twitter, dude. The fact that it won't let me on here. <sighs> All right. Um, lengthy discussions over helmet over 2016 friction in the FBI between its cyber and counterintelligence divisions. Counterintelligence wanted cyber division merged within it. There are many differences of opinion. The gist, at least from the defense, is while the FBI cyber experts deem the data not worthy of a probe, and some within the agency division seem to know the source. The counterintelligence division, on its on its own launch launch, decided it was worthy of investigation. So, there you go. The counterintelligence uh, group is the one that uh, that started this stuff. Um, what was I going to look up? Um, son of a bitch! I hate you, Twitter. One post was Sussman. <clears throat> Fusion GPS, Shell 2, the crowd strike to no name. <clears throat> Perkins Coy, Shell Group 2, to no name, Washington Free Beacon. Former, former FBI General Counsel James Baker met <clears throat> 2016. 
season with at least one attorney from Perkins Coy, the DNC's private law firm. Yep. All right. So that's the Sussman one that comes up. Um, let me keep going here. Let's see here. <clears throat> the gist, at least from the defense, got that. Okay. Steve Geelong, the new star security services, is, is the next witness. Rodney Joffe was the senior vice president of the company, which had the DNS contract with the president's office in 2016. The day concludes with DeJong's testimony, which is mostly focused on email exchanges between him and Jaffe, Newstar's chief technical officer, and Georgia Tech researcher Manos Anatakis, who uh, worked occasionally with the company on certain projects. Uh huh. DeJong said in August to September of 2016, Jaffe asked me for a favor to look through DNS data logs. Uh, the company collects 1.5 billion DNS tractions a day to find queries for names in political campaigns. It's in retrospect, it was mostly around the Trump campaign on August 20th, 2016. Jizong said he received an email from Anatakis with a list of domain names and IP addresses. When you're getting an uh, quote, when you're getting an encrypted email with Rodney Joffe CC in the middle of the night, you know, something is up. Anatakis said, Hmm. DeJong said the email had a list of domain names to a script analysis on. The first domain was trumpemail.com, he said. The word alpha appears in many of them. It's not unusual to get such requests, but it was unusual for political campaigns. So there you go. That is, as of 13 minutes ago, John Hawley. No sign of Judge Cooper, 2 p.m. resumption. The trial, security doesn't allow people to carry lighters into the building, so lighters are stashed by the shrubbery outside the doors. Hey, you may need one sometime. Nice. Uh, Cooper's back, court back in session three hours ago. All right, so that's that looks like that's pretty much it. Let me um, see if Twitter will let me check this dude's update. Uh, yeah, he does have updates. Okay, so let me, um, let's see here. Let's go back to 18 minutes ago. All right, here we go. Husband was not always anyway involved. In, okay, DeJong said he was doing things for Joffe like gathering data on DNS traffic between utility companies during a hurricane. Sussman, to his knowledge, was not quote in any way involved in collecting or analyzing the data. He had never heard of Sussman before. Uh, Clinton campaign attorney Debbie Fine. Fusion GPS technician Laura Sego and Clinton campaign general counsel Mike Mark Elliott Elias, former DMC employee Tom McMahon, and former FBI general counsel James Baker on tap to testify on Wednesday. Clinton campaign attorney Debbie Fine. Um, there you go. So that's the latest update as of uh, two two minutes ago. Clinton campaign uh, attorney Debbie Fine. Laura Sego, Mark Elias, Tom McMahon, and former FBI general counsel James Baker to testify in the Sussman trial tomorrow. James Baker comes up in 12 Q posts. Hmm. The first one is right hither. This is the org chart for the FBI chain of command. For the mid-year investigation into Hillary Clinton's emails and the people who helped cover it up, FBI Director James Comey is fired. James Rubicki, Chief of Staff, fired. Deputy Director Andy McCabe has been fired, along with Special Counsel Lisa Page. 
Underneath them is Michael Steinbach and John Glacone, both fired. Office, Office of General Counsel James Baker, fired, testifying tomorrow. Trisha Anderson has also been fired. Is And uh, Bill Priestup and Randy Coleman. There's Peter Strzok, the agent lead. He's fired, too. Tashina Gahar, she got fired, too. There's Kevin Kleinsmith, fired and indicted. Supervisory agent Sally Moyer, she's been fired, too. So there's there's the this is why this is a giant conspiracy, okay? James Baker, the Office of General Counsel right here. All right? He was the general counsel during the Clinton email investigation that covered it up. What did they cover up? Treason. America for sale, secret American documents on sale throughout the world thanks to Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton. The first Q post that has James Baker in it comes up on April 27th, 2018, 1288. Focus on the FBI for now. We're Bicky fired, Baker fired, McCabe fired, McComey fired, Priestep, head of the counterintelligence and Strzok's boss, cooperating witness. Peter Strzok, deputy director of counterintelligence, cooperating witness. Uh, Lisa Page, attorney with the FBI's general counsel, cooperating witness, power removed, conspiracy. Think about the above, only the above. Get the picture. Indeed, that is the picture. May 4th, 1316. Reported today, James Baker was fired. Uh, reported that he's resigned. False. He was fired on uh, 421. Lisa Page reported today resigned. False. Testimony received. Tracking why. Mike Cortman fired. He was the assistant director for public affairs. Josh Campbell, special assistant. James Comey fired. David Lofman, chief justice of chief of the Justice Department. He's been fired. Uh, Counterintelligence division, of course, because as you just heard in testimony today, it was the counterintelligence division that decided to open up the investigation. And other parts of the FBI said, "Your guys are crazy for doing that." John Carlin, assistant attorney, he's also been fired. Sally Yates, she's been fired. Mary McCord, Bruce Orr is a cooperating witness demoted two times. Rachel Brand, Associate Attorney General, number three behind the uh, A.G. Rosenstein, also fired. Cross against House and Senate resignations. Have you seen those? Final term announcements and CEO departures. Lots of those as well. Conspiracy, huh? Fake news. The swamp is being drained. Trust the plan. Justice Q. Baker comes up on another one that is all of these. This is this is a mapping showing how reporters work with FBI special agents, special agents in charge, and others, along with the CIA and the FBI, to, well, create your news for you every day. Yep, this is how it gets done. Section chief special agents, CIA special agents, FBI special executives have direct comms with reporters. Those reporters helped cover up for Hillary Clinton and tr- created the Trump-Russian narrative and, and turned this country into a divided, crazy nation of people that uh, cannot figure out what the truth is anymore. Nothing to see here. Logical thinking. Biggest cover-up in U.S. history. Attempted. Q. Let's see. You can see Q post this one a lot. It keeps keeps reposting it, keeps reposting it, adding into it. Um, it's uh, who ordered presidential daily briefing? Who ordered it? Barack Obama. That's who. September eleventh, twenty eighteen, twenty one fifty seven. We were I was live when the Q post came in. 
And it said this, Panic in D.C., James Baker testifying against Comey. Q. <laughs> October 3rd, 2018. 2023 came in. 2323 came in. It is a YouTube video that's probably been taken down because they censored anything that was tied. Yep. See, it's gone. Anything that was tied to a Q post, they censored it off the internet. Did James Baker just testify behind closed doors that Rod Rosenstein and James Comey coordinated to appoint Mueller? What a wonderful day, Q. Same day, another Q post came in, 2324. James Baker closed door testimony today on October 3rd, 2018 to Congress, plus previous uh, to uh, Inspector General and grand jury statements, sealed timed RE Sessions subpoena tomorrow. If Sessions is recused from the Russia probe, prevented um, record of related documents, Info, etc. How can Sessions learn Rod Rosenstein conflicts? Re Russia probe per subpoena to Sessions. Schedule one McCabe memo, memos. It is a subpoena of McCabe source documents for a New York Times article. Rod Rosenstein wear a wire in the Twenty Fifth Amendment in the McCabe memos. Enjoy the show. Q. <laughs> Can't wait till McCabe has to testify. That's coming in probably this later this fall. Um, James Baker, uh, ties with DNC. We cut, co- we've covered that already. All right. This is what I'm going to read. I think, yeah, this is the one I wanted to read. All right. October 9th, 2018, 2381 came in. It is one of the most important <laughs> statement release. 10, 9, 18 presidential authority. One general statement. We understand that there is extreme fatigue and frustration. Are the wheels of justice slow? Exclude emotion and personal desire. Instead, use logic and critical thinking based on situational awareness. Undo a lifetime of evil and corruption, infestation in a span of less than two years with a corrupt DOJ and FBI in place. Process in planning, law in order, military operation. How can you make arrests non-military prior to fully cleaning out corrupt elements at the top of those departments, FBI and DOJ, that oversee investigation and prosecution in the United States? They themselves are the very ones engaged in the illegal treasonous acts. Goes through all of the fired. Comey, McCabe, Britt Baker, Priestep, Strzok, Page, Campbell, Loffman, Carlin, Yates, McCord, Bruce Orr. In the batter's box, Steinbach, Lacone, Coleman, Trisha Anderson, who has ties to Charles Newman. And there's all kinds of, she, it's all in the family with these people. These are all the people that keep it in the family. Kevin Kleinsmith, Tashina Gahar, Sally Moyer. How do you ensure those prosecuted non-military would receive an impartial judgment based on the rule of law? I have a question about that still. Think federal judge rulings, obstruction, POTUS, granted constitutional authority. How do you ensure appeals from the U.S. Supreme Court are evaluated impartially based on the rule of law? Think Justice Kavanaugh, five to four, military law versus criminal law, enemy combatant. How do you navigate around installed blockade? Mueller designed to take in evidence to needed to expose the deep state. DOJ block R.E. Mueller evidence ongoing investigation, meaning... The DOJ was not giving Mueller information he needed to, to perform any kind of a legitimate investigation. Why was that happening? That was very important. Mueller designed to limit POTUS's ability to maneuver. Indeed, though, everything, every Newsday, all we heard about is Robert Mueller, he's getting ready to drop some bombs on President Trump. He's going to go to jail, all this crap. 
Mueller was designed to limit POTUS's ability to maneuver. It was designed to stall for time until the midterm elections to terminate all House and Senate ongoing investigations. It was designed to safeguard the Democratic Party base, false narrative, re the Russia collusion, POTUS cheated, evil, sky is falling, in an effort to divide and mobilize for future protests, riots, threats, violence, false flags, etc. Mueller was designed to provide fake news with ammunition to sway public opinion, obstruct foreign and domestic agenda, fuel impeachment and removal, fuel anti-POTUS division, prevent unity, etc. Mueller was designed to demonstrate to foreign players that the old guard still pulls the strings as they just stole an election. Mueller was designed to mobilize the Democrat Party for midterm vote, vote win. He was also designed for the Democrat Party backers to donate GoFundMe to the Democrat Party, designed to public outcry excuse used to criminal charges be brought against them. We are being politically attacked because Mueller... How do you remove installed blockade, D-class, D-class, D-class? How do you navigate around install corrupt FBI and DOJ? Use a stealth bomber. You must authorize. Who must authorize the firing of FBI and DOJ officials? Why did McCabe try to take Sessions out? MSNBC article, Arlie Melber uh, fired FBI authorized perjury investigation against Sessions. What was the Sessions Senate confirmation vote? 52 to 47, number 175, logical thing. Thinking versus clickbait Q. Why number one number one seventy five? Well, I do believe we're gonna have to go to that. Let me just check if there's any others up here. Um, this one's a pretty interesting one. Gets into Seth Rich. CrowdStrike testimony and DNC and Russia hack. No direct evidence. The manipulation of the source, re DARPA slash Google. Computer to computer transfer speed hack. Internal download to terminal speed. Hand to hand transfer. WikiLeaks published versus Seth Rich 187 MS 13 2 187 geolocation MS 13 2 187 date MS 13 2 case summary notes in interning for the DNC can be deadly Seth Rich death murdered for finding information that he shouldn't have had all witness reports non-evidence Russia reporters connect dossier primary vehicle FISA special counsel to impeach dossier discredited prior to it was known no name assisted mccain senator stamped making it credible fbi floor seven dni potus presidential daily briefings obama fbi floor seven dni cia dnc white house primary bulk data collection fbi floor seven dnc hillary for president dni coats cia white house fisa four upstream collection primary targets potus cross 1-9 this is the hop routes of the fisa collection that we were talked about before where they don't just go after one, they go to the person that talks to that person and the person that talks to that person, and pretty much you're spying on everybody. FISA 1, upstream uh, collection, uh, primary target, classified cross 1 through 3. Uh, DOJ, Loretta Lynch, Bill Clinton, coordinated on the tarmac. Unofficial, Hillary Rodham Clinton discuss exchange for uh, Supreme Court security detail, planning, coordinating, coordinating DOJ, Loretta Lynch, and Bill Clinton. Um, it just keeps going to continue to talk about how this all happened and the, the, the depths of the conspiracy. And you don't have to believe everything, every part of this is true, but the truth is it is way bigger than the media has ever made it out to be. It is a global conspiracy to, to, to put in place a one world government. That is the truth about what is happening right now. The reason why Q says number 
175 in this instance. And my keyboard doesn't work, so I have a piece of shit little junk keyboard. Expand your thinking. Captain Mike Green. Confirm Green 01. Who kind of learn how to read the map? So it's these got misnumbered. Um, is it 176? I think it's 176. It's around here somewhere. Mm. No. Sorry, hold on a sec. The, the numbers got all screwed up and stuff because the uh, post got deleted and all kinds of weird shit happened. Yeah. It's just worth the wait. Nope. It might, I might not be able to find it. Coordinated effort to silence will only get worse. All for a LARP, right? All right, I can't find it. Uh, 11 20 2017. How do I do the dates? 11 20 2017. <laughs> you guys are like looking at me like, what What in the world? Sometimes like, you got to wing it. You know what I'm saying? Good will always defeat evil. Why am I here during the day? Why is this relevant? What does this infer? Okay, I think that this is it. Man, I miss these. I haven't read these in a long time. The The old Socratic method, you know. Expand your thinking. What are patterns? How are patterns formed and isolated? What are data sets? What is a map? RE Twitter repeat. Important. What action is Twitter taking effective mid-December? Censorship. How do you control the population? How do you control the people? POTUS refuses to be silenced. Jason Bourne. All right, let me get back into <laughs> to the show here today. I, I do regress sometimes into QPOS. I apologize. Uh, let me check in with you guys here real quick. It's been a while since I said hello and see who's out there. Got to have a little fun with this stuff. You got to go You gotta go back to uh, to James Baker and, and stuff like that and remember what we learned three and four years ago. Uh, Baker working for Biden, probably. Uh, Ladybird, thank you for the 101 cookie. Uh, thank you, Ladybird 101, thank you for the cookie. Glenn, thank you for the 145 gold pills. Bought an RV, congrats, man. Tennessee Tim, thank you for the cookie. Appreciate that. Uh, let's see. Glenn's out there hanging out with Knock My Socks Off and Ladybird. CL Goober's in the house. Good to see you out there. Uh, let's see. Tennessee Tim, thanks again for the cookie. Not getting over the wonderful uh, the gas prices. I know. I just I just paid five dollars a gallon for gas. For my truck because I'm not putting that garbage gas in my truck so I have to put premium in my truck and yeah the thing runs like a champ when it has good gas in it but Enrique's out there hanging out what's good Follow, following money into the coffers of government war business advertising demolition and territories for kickbacks and genocide and profiteering yeah exactly man exactly thank you guys for the gold pills out there today I appreciate you guys very much uh, let me check in with everyone over there on Rumble and uh, Twitch, see what's going on over there. We'll check in with uh, Brian Cates and others and see if there's anything else breaking out there right now in the second half of the hour, and then we're going to get into some election integrity stuff. Joe Patriot's in the house. Good to see you out there. Um, Chris and others, a lurking crowd pretty much over there on on Rumble. Thanks for being here today, guys. I appreciate you guys very much. D Live, there are people over there in D Live, amazingly enough. Still watching that that uh, chat anyway. So, Peggy, reminiscing with me? Yes, indeed. 
Baker's a stooge. Yeah, I think I, I really do think there's a, a potential for the cover up to be in play. Actually, let me read this Julie Kelly article. There's a serious chance that the cover up is in play or the attempted cover up, at least. Um, Julie Kelly had an article out today. Where is it? Let me find it here. I think I had it next in the list. Um, nope. 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 It's gone. Where'd it go? Yeah, it just it just disappeared. Hey, OG Mary. Romo and Foxhole have awful chats. I don't mind Foxhole chat, honestly. Um, what don't you like about Foxhole chat? I'm curious. I'm curious what you think. Um, hold on, let me. F- you know, I go through hours and hours of prep and stuff, and you think I you think I'm in the in the groove again yet of doing shows again? No, no, I'm freaking clueless. I don't know how to do a show anymore. I don't have any of my stuff prepped. People are looking at me like I'm like, okay. Uh, you you want to get the show moving here today or uh, what? <laughs> yeah, it's gone. Poof. Oh, you know what? I can get it from her uh, Telegram. Duh. She uh she re- she put it back out there today. No shot at a fair trial. I want to see what Julie says about this. All right, here we go. This is with regards to January 6th. No shot at a fair trial for the January 6th defendants in the swamp. And again, you saw the the jurors that were selected uh you know, for Sussman's trial and uh it's going to be tough to get <laughs> a fair trial over there. I don't know, man. I was still hoping for military tribunals, but we'll see. Biden's Justice Department relies on the Beltway trifecta, partisan federal judges, news outlets, and prospective jurors to codify its punitive prosecution and criminalize political dissent. Julie wrote this on February 7th, 2022. The first set of trials for the hundreds of protesters charged in the Justice Department's sweeping criminal investigation in January 6th begins later this month. Since the Capitol building is considered the scene of the crime, every trial will be held in the District of Columbia, which means the jury pool will be composed solely of residents living in the nation's capital. To say this is a problem for Trump supporters facing even minor charges is a huge understatement. January 6th defendants have already suffered the wrath of D.C.-based federal judges who imposed unusually harsh prison sentences on low-level misdemeanors and nonviolent felonies while routinely berating defendants from the bench. For example, before the sentencing of a man who pleaded guilty to parading in the Capitol to uh, serve 14 days in prison, District Judge Ahmet Mehta, an Obama appointee, declared that the January 6th protesters were told lies, told falsehoods, told our election was stolen. When it clearly was not, the defendant Mehta claimed was a pawn in a game directed and played by people who should know better. Now, the, the fate of hundreds of January 6th defendants in its hands of biased judges like Meta and a city populated with government workers who voted nearly 94% for Joe Biden in 2020, prompting some defense attorneys to try to move trials out of Washington 
In July, a defense lawyer in one whole high-profile case filed a change of venue motion for Judge Mehta that explained why January 6th defendants could not get a fair trial in such a heavily Democratic, politically-obsessed city. Quote, the level of antipathy towards Trump and his supporters in the district is off the charts, and it makes it impossible to find impartial jury. David W. Fisher, the attorney representing Thomas Caldwell, charged in uh, multiple Oath Keepers prosecution. Politicians in the media continued falsely to portray January 6th defendants as racist. Fisher continued as an as an accusation asserted certain to enrage potential jurors in the city evenly split between blacks and whites and left-wing lights whites. Quote President Biden in a speech ironically advertised as intended to heal America's racial divide referred to January 6th Trump protesters as thugs, insurrectionists, political extremists and white supremacists. As his at his confirmation hearing, Merrick Garland pledged to supervise the prosecution of white supremacists and others who stormed the Capitol on January 6th. District residents, quote, largely style themselves as chic, sophisticated, worldly, highbrow urbanites repulsed by rural America's traditional values, patriotisms, religion, gun and ownership and a perceived lack of education, Fisher concluded, and further noted he has heard other D.C.-based defense attorneys refer to Trump supporters as hillbillies and white trash. Judge Mehta, who has lived in or near Washington almost all of his adult life and clearly blames Donald Trump for what happened in his hometown last January, took umbrage at Fisher's description of D.C.'s population as intolerant and hostile to American values, admitting the court may enter difficulties, encounter difficulties in seating an impartial journey a jury, Meta, nonetheless, insisted that he is never, not once in my time as a judge or a defense lawyer, thought that the people of the District of Columbia who served on juries have done anything other than their job they've been asked to do, which is dispassionately view without evidence and without regard to blah, 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 fucking blah. Yeah, right. People aren't biased. Then again, as Meta and other judges routinely observe, January 6th is a precedent-breaking event. He denied the motion to move the trial. Two new surveys, however, prove it will be impossible to find objective jurors in Washington, D.C. Residents clearly have their minds made up about what happened that day. A poll conducted last month by John Zogby on behalf of January 6th defendants showed that 95% of D.C. residents are either very or somewhat familiar with the events of January 6th. The majority received their news about the Capitol protest from national news sources who brainwash them into believing anything they're told. The same corporate media running nonstop loop coverage of the alleged insurrection. Why is 74% of D.C. residents believe anyone who was inside the Capitol building on January 6th should be convicted of insurrection? 74%. 64% believe that even if someone did not commit a crime of violence that day, the defendant should still be held responsible for what people did. Roughly the same percentage think four-hour disturbance on January 6th posed a dire threat to our nation and democracy. Uh, Defense attorneys for Gabriel Garcia arrested over a year ago for several nonviolent offenses related to January 6th commissioned the Zogby poll and cited the results in a change of venue motion before Judge Amy Berman Jackson. Quote, if Garcia proceeds in trial in Washington, D.C., the jury pool in this case would be compromised of those who voted nearly unanimously against Donald Trump and have been barraged with propaganda about a white nationalist attack and are continuously told they are victims of an insurrection who were placed under a curfew and lockdown as a result of the danger imposed by domestic violent extremists. Garcia's attorney wrote, further noting that Attorney General Garland, who compares January 6th to the 1995 Oklahoma City bombing, approved relocating the bombers trial out of Oklahoma City as the lead prosecutor in the case. 
Zogby poll is not an outlier. A separate survey by public defenders' offices representing hundreds of January 6th defendants produced similar results for D.C. residents, but also surveyed jury-eligible residents in metropolitan Atlanta to use as a comparison since the two areas have a similar racial mix. The 2020 vote in Metro Atlanta went two to one for Biden. In fact, pollsters admitted that they could not find a district even close to a 93 to five Biden margin of victory in D.C. Wow. While 76% of D.C. residents consider January 6th an insurrection, only 55% of Atlanta residents would apply the term. 84% of D.C. residents have an unfavorable opinion of January 6th protesters versus 54% of Atlanta residents who held that view. Most D.C. residents consider January 6th protesters conspiracy theorists, 70%, criminal, 62%, and white supremacists, 60%. Isn't that nice? Percentage is significantly higher than respondents in the Atlanta survey. And despite Meta's indignation, uh, indignation of at the suggestion that D.C. jurors will be anything but dispassionate and objective, the judge recently said the jury pool for an April trial will need to be roughly twice as large as a typical jury pool, presumably, presumably to cast a wider net in the deepest, bluest city in America. In any other situation, request to move a trial out of a jurisdiction that not only holds deep personal apathy towards the defendants, but has been blanketed with nonstop negative news coverage about the the accused would be a no-brainer. Jury of peers for January 6th defendants, a constitutional right clearly is unattainable. Biden's Justice Department has been reliant on the Beltway trifecta. Partisan federal new judges, news outlets, and prospective jurors to codify its punitive prosecution and criminal criminalize political dissent. Prosecutors undoubtedly will object to relocating January 6th trials anywhere outside the Beltway. How D.C. judges rule on the question will say more about the prejudice of the D.C. judicial system than any poll ever could. Julie Kelly with some absolute fire from February that is worth revisiting today with this. She says something very important in light of the Sussman partisan jury re-upping my piece from February defense surveys show highly biased DC jury pool and judges have been denied a change of venue. Every change of venue motion DOJ has a perfect record of DC juries on January 6th cases, all guilty on all counts it is disgusting what is happening to people who participated in the protest at the Capitol on January 6th. It's, it just continues. These people have been, uh, their lives have been destroyed for what? Why the January 6th, 6th committee will ride Pelosi to a midterm landslide. She had it all figured out. No less a wise guy than Biden. This is a really good article by Dove Fisher in Today's American Spectator. Frailty, thy name is politics. Nancy Pelosi was so sure she had perfected the recipe. Where is my buttons? <laughs> to control the house forever and to tie up the GOP, it began with her first bogus impeachment of Trump during the Halcon days when no one ever before ever heard of Zelensky or Hunter Biden's Burisma gambit. She tied up America for months and gained control of 24-7 news cycle with her impeachment nonsense and abuse reinforced by public liar Adam Shifthead, new uh, lowlife Gerald Nadler, the penguin himself. Ultimately, the House voted to indict, impeach, and the Senate rapidly threw it all out. Although Mitt Romney got his chance to avenge his jealousy that Trump successfully got elected in 2016 while Romney got beaten by Candy Crowley in 2012. 
It was a Christmas season impeachment, and Pelosi liked it so much that she disseminated souvenir pens. In fact, it played so well for her that she repeated her anti-Trump Christmas impeachment passion play the following December. By now, Trump was departing from office, but she proceeded anyway to impeach him a second time, even though he was, shall we say, unimpeachable. Again, she got her Democrat House to vote to indict, and again, the Senate threw it out. And then again, Romney voted with the Democrats to convict. Ho-hum. But what's next for Pelosi? With Trump out of office, how continued the, the annual impeachment game? She decided on January 6th committee to investigate whether Trump had instigated an insurrection. She had two purposes. One, as with the prior impeachments, she anticipated her January 6th circuit would dominate the 24-7 news cycle for the next year or two, assuring Democrats continued to control the House with a 2022 by-elections. And number two, under explicit American law, anyone who has sworn allegiance to America but thereafter has engaged in insurrection. That specific word, insurrection, may never hold office again. They would keep Trump off of, that would keep Trump off of future ballots. To give her January 6th committee the appearance of bipartisan legitimacy, Pelosi handpicked Republican House representatives to sit with her hatchet wielders. So after rejecting Kevin McCarthy's selection of the likes of Jim Jordan, she appointed never Trump fanatics Liz Cheney and some guy from Chicago named Adam Kinzinger, traitor in himself. Kinzinger is toast. It won't be back next term. Cheney is more interesting. It's a family. It's family. It's blood. It's genetic. Yeah. Never underestimate the role of family in guiding politicians. They're, they are human beings. Liz's father, Dick Cheney, was very close to the Bush family. He served under the father of, of Secretary of Defense and, in, and under the son as vice president. He liked them so much that he never shot either during a hunt. Alas, Trump ripped the Bushes. He criticized the two Georgias from so many of their rhino policies, and he especially launched into Jeb because, well, Jeb was running against them, and honestly, Jeb really didn't manifest really did manifest low energy so it's personal trump laid into the bushes and liz is there to avenge just as george w 43 was there to avenge saddam hussein's effort to assassinate george hw 41 trump proved a republican could win the industrial white ethnic blue collar midwest vote a feat romney could not attain so romney is jealous too that's how it goes Personal. Nevertheless, Pelosi failed to anticipate three factors that would cause Americans to lose interest in her bogus January 6th committee. Number one, January 6th happened a year and a half ago. Old news like barbary pirates and on Roman legions. No one cares about pirates these days except for those that are following Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. Number two, maybe some political junkies still would have fixated on January 6th if there had actually been an insurrection, but as everyone knows, there was no insurrection. There was a kid dressed like a caveman, another fellow dressed like, a, dressed like an elk. Look at the Russia-Ukraine mess. Any of them dressed like Hanna-Barbera characters or watch Kevin Burns' fabulous documentary on the Civil War? Did Stonewall Jackson come dressed like an elk? By contrast, every sane American knows that January 6th was an angry assemblage that got out of control. Trump explicitly urged the demonstrators to act peacefully and lawfully. It's on video record. Even now, people being convicted are getting 30 or 30 day or six months type sentences, not the kind of life imprisonments or death penalties meted to the insurrectionists. 
Many Americans, even those on the left, personally know people and have friends or family who were there that day in D.C. to protest a stolen election. Demonstrators were there to voice anger over a corrupt presidential election stained by ballot harvesting, by Twitter and Facebook suppressing views of the Hunter Biden laptop, and by the abrupt cancellation of the second of three scheduled debates, and by a biased moderator pulling a candy crawley by interjecting his unsolicited and absolutely incorrect view that the Hunter Biden laptop laptop was an irrelevant diversion. Well, it's sure relevant today, nearly two years later. So no one really serious really perceives that January 6th was an insurrection rather than a demonstration that got out of hand. Pelosi failed to anticipate what I call the dreamers factor, a defunding the police, a massive national effort by Democrats and their sorrow supported DAs to end bail, to downgrade felony prosecutions to misdemeanors, to release prisoners, to defund police departments with the police under attack and morale destroyed. We are now living through the worst surges in violence, crime and murder in decades before Biden, who even heard of the term smash and grab B race. Americans are disgusted with critical race theory and the 1619 lies being spoon-fed to the public. There is a systematic is there systematic racism and white privilege? The average independent white voter knows he or she is not a racist and has scheduled for whatever job, opportunity, promotion, and benefits achieved, has struggled for whatever job, opportunities, promotions, and benefits achieved. People do not need to prove their bona fides to Nancy Pelosi. They hated being called a basket full of deplorables and they hate the new iteration of everyone being called a racist. C, education. Parents do not want their first, second, third graders being taught about transgenderism and sex change surgery or about non-binary genderism at all. They don't want their kids sacrificed to woke math and 1619 revisionist history or his story. And they sure don't want to be tagged by Joe Biden's attorney general as domestic terrorists just because they are fulfilling their duties as responsible parents. Consider the recent Virginia elections that saw voters turn out, Demo- turn out Democrats and elect a Republican governor, lieutenant general, and attorney general. Afghanistan. Biden's entire foreign policy is a disaster. His evacuation from Afghanistan killed 13 military heroes. North Korea has resumed nuclear arms testing. China has his number. He, he has acted promptly and permitted Poland to send Ukraine the MiG-29s that Warsaw offered. We might not now be seeing sending, we might now not now be sending 40 billion to Ukraine to help them catch up. He has completely messed up the Abraham Accords and several of the Arab co-signers refused to even accept his phone calls and his outreach to Iran. E, the Mexico border. What to say? Trump had secured the border and now illegal immigration registered numbers have never been seen. One million illegals? Two million? Where does it end? Biden puts them in planes secretly in the middle of the night, flying them to bolster voter replacement to turn red districts blue as it has has done to California, which once gave Reagan uh, and Nixon, but now gives us Newsom and Kamala. Energy. He has canceled leases for exploring uh, uh, oil and gas. He closed off Anwar, canceled the Keystone Pipeline, incorporated his executive orders, his determination to take down fossil fuels industry to make place for exorbitantly higher cost green energy that excites his radical left base. 
Gasoline prices have never been higher. Home heating bills and indeed everything's prices have gone through the roof because everything depends on energy costs from operating machinery to trucking goods. But these morons know exactly what they're doing. They are forcing the middle class to become dependent on the government. G, religion. Although Biden and Pelosi present as a Catholic, they are at war with religion from forcing their LGBTQIA plus whatever the frick all that shit is, same-sex, gender, queer, pan-gender ideas onto little kids to, to refusing to condemn those demonstrating outside the Supreme Court justices' homes over abortion to imposing rules on churches and synagogues. They really are at war with religion because they are freaking that evil. Shortages. Parents cannot obtain baby form in the United States. Really? Not enough supplies of Simulac or Infamil? Bernie Sanders praised the bread, bread lines he saw when he honeymooned in the Soviet Union. But who else is like that? Is that America? Moreover, to add, add insult to injury, he ships pallets of baby formula to illegals at the border. Really? So you take Biden and Pelosi's dreamers government with its record high uh, 8.3 inflation with home mortgage rates now at 5.3%, double what they were a year ago, with many food staple prices now inflated into 20%. And really, who else except for Pelosi, Cheney, and the woke media care about January 6th? (laughs) Pelosi thought her January 6th committee would ride her to an election landslide in November of 2022. Well, with her obstinate focus on there it sure will dove fisher with a great article here in today's american spectator that is a nice little transition from that to those so all right let's keep moving with into election integrity stuff here thanks for being here today guys Lots of gold pills coming in today. CL Goober, thank you for the cookie. Lady Bird with the can. Tennessee Tim with a couple of cookies as well. Glenn and Lady Bird, thank you guys for the support today. I appreciate you guys very much. Can't do this without you, as you guys know. I appreciate it very much. Um, speaking about climate change and the radical left moronic policies, here's a really good article uh, in the Epoch Times to, let's see, yeah, last week actually, and it's important for several reasons. There's a lawsuit out there that seeks to find that seeks documents on Biden's climate disinformation push, which is pretty interesting. A nonprofit is suing the White House Office of Science and Technology, the OSTP, to obtain records that it argues will inform the public of high-profile ethics revelations at the OSTP and media coverage thereof, including correspondence related to the OSTP event on climate disinformation. In the lawsuit filed on May 5th in the D.C. Circuit Court Energy Policy Advocates, EPA, stated that it asked OSTP to provide correspondence and other documents it requested under the Freedom of Information Act. Those records include materials that the nonprofit says were produced for politicals Alex Thompson and discussed in Thompson's article on billionaire Eric Smith's influence over the Biden administration. According to the EPA, this not the EPA, this EPA, uh, OSTP's only response was a request for minor formatting change. Quote, OSTP's failure to simply turn over what it had already processed and produced to another party is inexplicable, at least outside of the White House. There is literally no excuse, said Matthew Hardeen, a member of the EPA's board. Political declined to comment on the complaint. EPA is also seeking emails connected to OSTP's February event on climate denialism and delay, which features such speakers as Michael Mann, Hardin. 
characterized that roundtable as more of a strange than sinister misuse of taxpayer resources and seeking a social science answer for why people continue to stand in their way. Uh, well, that's because the science doesn't add up. It starts with a hypothesis. You start with the hypothesis and then you prove everything wrong that you can prove wrong. You guys have not proved it wrong. It is simple. Specifically, the EPA requested correspondence related to the event between former OSTPB director Eric Lander and Jane Lubachenko, who's serving as OSTP's first deputy director of climate and the environment. Lander, a mathematician and gen- geneticist, who leads the Broad Institute of MIT and Harvard, resigned from OSTP in February after admitting that he bullied his subordinates within the agency. Lubachenko, a marine biologist at Oregon State University, who also belongs to OSTP's new Scientific Integrity Task Force, which came under fire for science ethics violations, she edited a paper written by some of her former co-authors, including her brother-in-law, University of California, Santa, Mar- Santa Barbara, marine scientist Stephen Gaines. According to the EPA, OSTP partially denied their FOIA request, redacting some information based on their either personal privacy or the claim that it was reflective, deliberative process. Uh huh. Harden told the Epoch Times that he believes OSTP deliberative process objection was made, uh, quote, on what appeared to be specious grounds. EPA's lawsuit comes after the Department of Homeland Security announced the formation of the Disinformation Governance Board. The push by Democrats and big tech's disinformation, misinformation, and malinformation has grown to encompass claims about, well, climate change. Because we can't have anybody questioning their garbage science. On October 5th, 2021, former Facebook Civic Integrity Team member Francis Hogan testified to Congress that the social media company had profited off of spreading disinformation and misinformation and sowing hate. Two days later, Google announced that it would ban ads and monetation for content content that contradicts well-established scientific consensus around the existence and the causes of climate change. Quote, this includes content referring to climate change as a hoax or a scam. God forbid that people would be telling the truth about it as a hoax. Claims denying that long-term trends show the global climate is warming and claims that denying the greenhouse gas emissions or human activity contribute to climate change. Can't have that. Can't. Nope, nope, nope. Can't have that. God forbid we talk about the sun and how the sun affects the climate and the moon. No, we can't talk about that because, well, we haven't studied the sun very much and we don't really fucking know how much the sun affects climate on our planet. We, we know it does, but we don't really know. That's why we're studying the sun right now. and We're going to learn these things. But until we learn these things, then we don't really know. So what do we do? We make up things like, oh, well, um, cow farts are causing climate change. Because that's how fucking stupid these people are. It wouldn't just be natural cycles or the marauder minimum of the, of the moon. Couldn't be that, could it? No, no, no. Uh, April 23rd, Twitter announced that the misleading advertisements on Twitter that contradict the scientific consensus on climate change are prohibited. Yeah, that's right. Some activists have gone beyond pushing for steps such as demonetizing by suggesting that climate denial should be, can be defined as a crime. Isn't that great? Yeah, we got to lock these people up. That's, the, that's always the answer for a Marxist fucking scumbags. If they can't get their way, well, they change the rules or they put you in jail and they take the ball home. And I'm not playing anymore. I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. The term posterside was invented. Po- posterside was invented by McKinnon, who defined it as intentional or reckless conduct fit to be fit to bring about the extinction of humanity. 
The only people bringing about the extinction of humanity is these globalist Marxist scumbags. The damage that, that climate deniers do is heinous, and they have no excuses. The time has come to prosecute them for poster side. <laughs> Harden said on the heels of the news about disinformation governance board, it's certainly a reasonable conclusion that this administration and its allies, including on Capitol Hill, seek to use the weight of the federal government to silence political speech in opposition to its whole of government climate agenda. Whether that means it's criminalizing or not, we shall see. In 2018, the EPA received $45,000 from Government Accountability and Oversight PC, another nonprofit, to help support their mission to seek to bring transparency to the realm of energy and environmental policy. God forbid we use common sense in this world. No, no, no. We, we're going to use our scientific experts that are bought and paid for to spin narratives to get people like Al Gore rich. It's part of the whole of government thing. What we're going to do is we're going to work together to make each other rich. Harden also serves on the Board of Government Accountability and Oversight PC. Uh, Government Accountability and Oversight PC board members have included Chris Horner, attorney and climate change skeptic who has received funding from the coal company of of Alpha Natural Resources. Like all nonprofits, Energy Policy Advocates is grateful for and respects the privacy of donors who supports his work, Harden told the Epoch Times. So there you go. He's just some, some stuff there. The Green New Deal is about control. Indeed it is. And the Green New Deal is, is a, has nothing to do with about the environment. It has nothing to do with, do with good energy policy. It has nothing to do with the reality that uh, carbon and CO2 are a natural occurring element. Oh, no, no, no. Don't talk about that. Just trust the science because they know better. Yeah. They, these, these are the experts. You don't understand. These people are experts, just like Fauci. <sighs> All right, moving on. What time we got? Man, time's flying by today. Sorry I'm missing some of your comments today. I'm trying to get through all this stuff today, so I appreciate you guys. <laughs> I'm so offended that, like, you 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 don't believe what I just blindly believe. Like, I've never really looked into the climate thing. Like, I just t- I just believe what other people tell me. Because I'm really, 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 I'm too stupid to understand it. So, but the, this guy's a genius and he told me. <sighs> like to punch him in the face, I'll tell you. Uh, speaking of punching people in the face, three middle school kids are being accused of sexual harassment under Title IX after using the wrong pronouns. This is how far we have fallen in Keel, Wisconsin. According to reports, an investigation has been launched as three middle school students are facing allegations of sexual harassment under Title IX after they repeatedly called one of their classmates by the students wrong pronouns or called them by their biological birth, a male or a female. Imagine that. Three male students at a Wisconsin middle school have been charged with Title IX harassment for using the wrong pronouns. Rosemary Robidoux, the parent of the 13-year-old Brayden, who is one of the three eighth-grade Keel middle school students who is being accused of sexual harassment, said in a statement, 
I received a phone call from the principal over at the elementary school forewarning me, letting me know that I was going to be receiving an email with sexual harassment allegations against my son. I immediately went into shock. I'm thinking sexual harassment, that's rape, that's inappropriate touching, that's incest. What has my son done? Rosemary disputes that her son has uh, been involved in any sort of sexual harassment, adding, the investigating principal said, He's being allegedly charged with sexual harassment for not using the proper pronouns. I thought it was, wasn't real. She said, I thought this has got to be a gag, a joke. One has nothing to do with the other. Well, (sighs) attorneys for the Wisconsin Institute of law and Liberty, who are representing the accused students have demanded that the kill area school district stop the title nine investigation into the three students. The Institute wrote in a letter to administrators, quote, the complaint against these boys and the district's ongoing investigation are wholly inappropriate and should be immediately dismissed. The mere use of biological, biological correct pronouns, not only does not constitute sexual harassment under title nine or the district's own policy. It also is a speech protected by the first amendment that we don't have anymore in this country in case you haven't noticed. The attorney's letter accused the school district of stretching Title IX to police student speech and added that the students themselves were subjected to yelling and name-calling for refusing to use non-biological pronouns, even as administrators failed to, to use the student's preferred pronouns. The letter said in part, quote, the use of they, them pronouns in particular is awkward, grammatically incorrect, and until recently unheard of, indeed illustrating how difficult it is to refer to a single person as a they, them. Our clients have frequently heard the Title IX investigator, teacher, other staff, and students refer to the student in question using she, her pronouns. Reportedly, one of the alleged incidents Braden and others were involved in happened in April. Rosemary Robidoux explained this. Quote, she had been screaming at one of Braden's friends to use the proper pronouns, calling him profanity. And this very friend, a very soft spoken and just kind of sunk down into his chair. Braden finally came up defending him, saying he doesn't have to use the proper pronouns. It's his constitutional right to not use. You can't make him say things. (sighs) This is where we have fallen to. Others have said that this could show that Rosemary and her son are against the LGBTQ community, to which Rosemary responded by saying, not at all, not at all. My children have been raised to love everybody equally. Deputy Counsel Luke Berg at the Wisconsin Lawsuit said in a statement, Title IX sexual harassment typically covers things like rape, debate, dating violence, quid pro quo sexual favors, really egregious stuff. There's nothing even remotely close to that alleged in this case. Berg added the misuse of pronouns is not part of the school district's police or title nine. He said the charge against the students for sexual harassment is an extreme abuse of the title nine process. It's totally inappropriate and totally being mishandled by the school district. Berg blasted the district's actions for setting a terrible precedent that would have enormous ramifications. He added school administrators can't force minor students to comply with the preferred mode of speaking. And they certainly shouldn't be slapping eighth graders with title nine investigation for wants to be protected speech. This is how far we have fallen. I refuse to call them by their freaking moronic names too. If you want to bring your wash your child into being a moron, have at it. I'm not going to live in stupidity with the rest of these people. The good news about the first amendment is I pivot again. 
The Supreme Court has rebuffed the Biden administration, sides with Ted Cruz over campaign finance cast. Why is this important? Because it may strengthen the sex of the First Amendment in this country, finally. I'm not even sure we have a First Amendment. We'll figure it out soon here. <laughs> the Supreme Court struck down a, f- a federal campaign finance regulation limiting politicians from repaying loans above $250,000 from supporters more than three weeks after Election Day. At issue was a $260,000 loan Mr. Cruz, a Republican, made to his campaign in 2018 when he was in, locked in a down-to-the-wire race against Beto. <laughs> Beta. The senator challenged a federal $250,000 cap on... The senator challenged a federal $250,000 cap on the reimbursement of a candidate's personal loans with money his or, all, his or her campaign receives after the election. Lawyer Charles Cooper, representing Mr. Cruz at the high court, said the limits were an unlawful burden on political candidates' free speech rights that couldn't be justified by the government's claims that the rules guarded against corrupt influence by donors. The Justice Department, representing the Federal Elections Commission, argued the government had legitimate anti-corruption interest in limiting the ability of candidates to be repaid with money that donors contributed to a political campaign after they know of the election's outcome. The Supreme Court's 6-3 ideological split sided with Senator Cruz with Chief Justice John Roberts explaining in his opinion for the court that, quote, the question is whether this restriction violates the First Amendment rights of candidates in their campaigns to engage in political free speech. Quote, there is no doubt that the law does burden First Amendment electoral speech and any such law must at least be justified by permissional permissible interest he wrote quote when the government restricts speech the government bears the burden of proving the constitutionality of its actions robert wrotes quoting directly the 2014 polarity opinion in mccutcheon versus fec the government is unable to identify a single case of quid pro quo corruption even though most states do not impose a limit on the use of post-election contributions to repay candidate loans the rule broadens core political speech without proper justification the dissenters, of course, of course, were Breyer, Kagan, and Sotomayor, and I don't really care what they had to say because they don't understand the law, and they have they're the worst things that ever happened to the Supreme Court in the history of the court. All right, moving on to true the vote. As the last half hour here, we're going to get into election integrity. Um, before I get to true the vote, I want to have you hear, hopefully, the next governor of Wisconsin. Timothy Ramthune in a fire speech he gave to hot government in a in a rally this past weekend. The assembly body was to make a decision to take a stand on doing something right for the people, which was to call out this election integrity issue and, and stay true to it the whole time. But I would do it a little bit different because I underestimated the inability of my colleagues to get it right and do the right thing months ago. It, it, has it become, if any of you are watching, has, has it become an issue where you're so afraid of the speaker and the retaliatory acts that may affect you, or are you that proud that you can't admit that you were wrong and that the gentleman that you're looking at right here on the screen was right? That it, it's got to be one of those two things. And, and those two issues, those two character flaws, and in, in anyone who serves people don't belong serving people. I would love to see the legislative body as a whole not only take a look at my 71 slides, as well as Mr. Gableman's report from March 1st, and look at the documentary that they just got. I mean, how can you not get it? Ladies and gentlemen, if you're watching, how can you not get this? The election was rigged. Timothy ran through an on-fire in his speech. 
And the reason why they don't get it is because the media is covering it up again. The same thing that happened in the election is the same thing that's happened now. True the Vote did a great job with 2,000 Mules. If you have not seen 2,000 Mules yet and you care about this country, why haven't you seen it yet? 2,000mules.com. Check it out. Now, wait for my mark. This is going to be a fraud like you've never seen. Unleashing a barrage of false claims of fraud and corruption. Why is it always conservatives who seem to get censored? All right, what do you want to do? Release it all. The, the video, the data, all of it. Make it all public. The world needs to see this. Okay, well, we've already built a plan. And I knew you would. So uh, how long is it going to take? Um, give me a few weeks. I'm leaving right now. Wait for my mark. Then we will pull the ripcord. TrueTheVote.org if you want to sign up and get involved with what is happening in our country. And if you don't know what's happening, it's happening today. In Pennsylvania, for instance, security cameras covered up in voting areas. Voting station at Whitehall is locked. Election workers are scrambling, can't get in. They're setting up outside. They're having people vote with emergency paper ballots. People are leaving upset. This is ridiculous. 4 p.m. and I've officially run out of Republican ballots. Way to go, Allegheny County. Polling stations, cameras are covered up. Just voted, chose Mastriano for governor, but my summary showed Barletta. I'm sure I should choose it correctly the first time. I I caught it so I could fix it. Make sure you double-check your selections. The fuckery is abound in Pennsylvania's elections today because they know they are headed for a landslide. True the Vote announced that they now have footage of the 2020 Green Bay drop boxes and are working with law enforcement in Wisconsin Check this out from video. Where's oh here it is. You got dirty rolls. You got mail ballots. Oh, this is this is an hour long. This is the whole video. Um, if you're from Wisconsin, and you want this? I can get this out there to you. Uh, True the Volts, Catherine Engelbright, and fraud investigator Greg Phillips sat down with Epoch Times this weekend for an update on ballot trafficking investigations. Catherine Engelbright announced her, her organization now have video footage of ballot boxes from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Catherine and Greg claim that Obama-affiliated NGOs spent billions to steal the 2020 elections. Indeed, they did. Catherine said True the Vote is working with at least two local law enforcement agencies in the state. She says this, on balance, we are going to look back at this, and a lot of what happened was the result of Americans in their spirit knowing something is going wrong. Where do we start looking? And there wasn't clarity and passionate people. There wasn't clarity and passionate people who were trying to figure this out. We find ourselves now is Americans are awake, and they are increasingly awake. Hopefully, what we are putting together, they are going to be able to see and feel and have the belief that will encourage them. Their guts are right. This is happening. It's happening on a national scale. We just got the Green Bay video or Brown County, Wisconsin, a week ago, so it's coming. Greg Phillips listed four points that will make a difference in cleaning up United States elections 
first, he says, I think there's going to be some very sophisticated technologies that are going to be employed from teams like ours and others that are going to come around and make a really big difference. These four pillars are where they're going to go. Number one, clean up the voter rolls. Do a meaningful job cleaning up the voter rolls. In fact, we should we should nuke the voter rolls and have everybody re-register as confirming you are eligible to vote and you have a current address. Second, if they'll stop all this mail-in balloting garbage, they're not going to. If they get rid of drop boxes, they're not going to. We're trying in several states, two different states recently, passing laws on drop boxes. And make these serious crimes. Make people pay for this stuff. People are getting six months and one-year prison sentences for voter fraud. It's ridiculous. These four things will go a long way for cleaning up the problems that we're seeing. And then Catherine Engelbright announced True the Vote was working with Wisconsin. They're making great strides and investigations are ongoing. We are now working with two local law enforcement agencies and we're excited about that. Michigan, we're just starting to scratch the surface of Michigan. This is good news for Wisconsin patriots who are concerned about free elections in the state. Indeed, good stuff from Jim, Jim Hoff today. In Gateway Pundit, it's Captain Seth Keschel, and I didn't, I didn't get a chance to, to to highlight this one yesterday. I want to highlight it today. Seventy-four harvesting and mule rings, where they were, how they did it, and the impact. Our work is now cooperated. Captain Seth Keschel, uh, uh, Substack from this weekend. Let's check it out. <clears throat> the best way to understand the dysfunctional uh, twenty twenty election is to see that California's election processes, shortcuts, tricks, tactics, techniques, and procedures were exported to the entire nation against the laws of most states. One of the major election tricks championed by California's renegade government is the practice of ballot harvesting. Ballot harvesting is the collection and return of ballots by someone other than the voter and can be innocently applied to one spouse dropping off one ballot for another. Ballot harvesting is abused when it is used to seek out illegally mailed ballots in places such as nursing homes, apartments, and dormitories. 2,000 mules documented the trafficking of mail-in ballots to drop boxes, typically in the dark of night, by those commissioned to deliver hundreds, if not thousands, of ballots each over weeks of the of the period allotted for returning mail-in ballots. The system was sophisticated and clearly engineered to overcome what was expected to be a monstrous turnout for Donald Trump. Every trend indicator, bellwether, and predictor, some valid for, uh, for, for more than a century, showed a Trump victory was inevitable. Ballots were picked up at pre-designated headquarters and sent by mules throughout the surrounding counties. If we are to view the mule operation as we would a military operation, each major ring had an assigned area for dropping off ballots, often crossing state lines and designed for the purpose of either tipping a state for Biden or giving the illusion of Democrat control of counties destined to flip to Trump. Good stuff from Captain Seth Keschel. Um, that's the, that's the summary. It's probably longer than that, but I don't have a paid Substack, So there you go. There's that today. Uh, here's this coming to us from our activists here in Wisconsin. This is a list of areas in, in near green Bay that are going to have drop boxes in the upcoming election in August. I think it's in August. If I remember correctly here in Wisconsin, all of the areas in red 
are going to have Dropbox locations in Green Bay. You wonder how Green Bay got a radical left scumbag governor. You wonder how Green Bay has, has assisted in, in uh, spinning elections for um, judges in the area and also in Madison and Northwest Wisconsin as well. This is how they're doing it with these Dropbox locations. So we got to do what we can as patriots to put an end to this crap. You don't think voter fraud exists? You think I'm I'm just a crazy conspiracy theorist that lies to all my my viewers? Confessions of a voter fraud. I was a master at fixing ballot ballots. This from August 29th, 2020. Confessions of a voter fraud advocate. A top Democratic operative says voter fraud, especially with mail-in ballots, is no myth. And he knows this because he's been doing it on a grand scale for decades. Mail-in ballots have become the latest flashpoint in the 2020 elections, while President Trump and the GOP warn of widespread manipulation of the absentee vote that will swell with COVID polling restrictions. Many Democrats and their media allies have dismissed such concerns as unfounded. We have the safest, closest secure elections in the world. But the political insider who spoke on condition of anonymity because he fears prosecution said fraud is more than the rule than the exception. His dirty work has taken him through the weeds of municipal and federal elections in Patterson, Atlantic City, Camden, Newark, Hoboken, and Hudson County, and his fingerprints can be found in local legislative, mayoral, and congressional races across the Garden State. Some of the biggest names and highest office holders in New Jersey have benefited from his tricks, according to campaign records, the Post reviewed, quote, an election that is swayed by 500 votes, 1,000 votes. It can make a difference, the tipster said. It could be enough to flip states. The whistleblower, whose identity, rap sheet, and long history working as a consultant to various campaigns was confirmed by the Post, says he's not only changed ballots himself over the years, but led teams of fraudsters and mentored at least 20 operatives in Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, a critical swing state. There is no race in New Jersey from city council to the United States Senate that we haven't worked on, the tipster said. I worked on on a fire commissioner's race in Burlington County. The, the smaller the race, the easier it is to do. A Bernie Sanders diehard with no horse in the presidential race, he said he felt compelled to come forward in a hope that states would act now to fix the glaring security problems that, that pre- present in mail-in ballots. This is a real thing, he said, and there is going to be a fucking war coming November 3rd over this stuff. If they knew how the sausage was made, they could fix it. Mail-in voting can be complicated, tough enough that 84,000 New Yorkers had mailed their, their mailed votes thrown out in the June 23rd presidential primary for incorrectly filling them out. But for political pros... They're a piece of cake. In New Jersey, for example, it begins with a blank mail-in ballot delivered to a registered voter in a large envelope. Inside the packet is a return envelope, a a certificate of mail-in voter, which the voter must sign, and the ballot itself. When When the election rigor springs, that's when the election rigor springs into action. Phony ballots. The ballot has no specific security features, like a stamp or a watermark. So the insider said he would just make his own ballots. I just put the ballot through a copy machine and it comes out the same way, the insider said. But the return envelopes are more secure than the ballot. You could never recreate the envelope, he said. So they had to be collected from real voters. 
He would have his operatives fan out, going house to house, convincing voters to let them mail completed ballots on their behalf as a public service. The fraudster and his minions would then take the sealed envelopes home and hold them over boiling water. You have to, you have, you have to steam it to loosen the glue, the insider said. He then will remove the real ballot, place the counterfeit ballot inside the signed certificate, and reseal the envelope. Five minutes per, per ballot top, said the insider. The insider said he took care not to stuff the fake ballots into just a few public mailboxes, but sprinkle them around town. That way he could be avoided. He avoided the attention that foiled a sloppy voter fraud operation in Patterson, New Jersey city council race this year, where 900 ballots were found in just three mailboxes. If they had spread them in all in different mailboxes, nothing would have happened, said the insider. Inside jobs. The tipters said sometimes postal employees are in on the scam. You have a postman who is a rabid anti-Trump guy, and he's working in Bedminster or some Republican stronghold. He can take those, fill out ballots, and knowing 95% are going to be Republican, he can just, well, throw them in the trash. In some cases, mail carriers were members of his work crew and would sift ballots from the mail and hand them over to the operative. In 2017, more than 500 mail-in ballots in New York City never arrived to the Board of Education for Races that November, leaving hundreds disenfranchised. They eventually were discovered in April 2018, quote, For some undetermined reason, some baskets of mail that were bound for New York City Board of Elections were put off to the side in a Brooklyn processing facility, said the city's elections boss. We don't know how. I don't know what happened. Nursing homes, hitting up assisted living facilities and helping the elderly fill out their absentee ballots was a gold mine of votes, the insider said. Quote, there are nursing homes where the nurse is actually a paid operative. They go room by room by room to these old people who still want to feel like they're relevant, said the whistleblower. They literally fill it out for them. The insider pointed to a former New Jersey mayor, Gerald McCann, who was sued in 2007 after a razor-thin victory for a local school board seat was allegedly tricking incompetent and ill residents of nursing homes into casting ballots for him. McCann denied it, though he did admit to assisting some nursing home residents with absentee ballot applications. Voter impersonation. When all else failed, the insider would send operatives to vote live in polling stations, particularly in states like New Jersey and New York that did not require voter ID. Oh, imagine that. Pennsylvania also, for the most part, does not. The best target were targets were registered voters who routinely skipped presidential or municipal or muni- <laughs> presidential or municipal elections information, which is publicly available. You fill out, quote, you fill out these index cards with that person's name and district and you go around to the city and say, quote, you're going to be him. You're going to be him. The insider said of how he dispatched his teams of dirty tricksters at the polling place. The fake voter would sign in, get online and vote. And the insider said the imposters would simply recreate the signature that already appears in the voter roll as best they could. In rare instance, the real voter had already signed in and cast a ballot. The impersonator would just chalk it up to an innocent mistake and bolt. <laughs> Bribing voters. This has been happening in inner cities for decades. The tipster said New Jersey homeless shelters offered a near inexhaustible pool of reliable, buyable voters. Isn't that wonderful? They get... <laughs> 
They get to register where they live in, and they go to the polls and vote, he said, laughing at roughly $174 per vote Mike Bloomberg spent to win his third mayoral term. He said he could have delivered the same result to a 70% district uh, at a 70% discount, excuse me, like when Frank Puppy Raya, a real estate developer at Homeboken uh, Nabob, was convicted last year on federal charges for paying low-income residents 50 bucks a pop to vote how he wanted them to do in the 2013 municipal election. (laughs) Uh, Or the tipster said, his voter fraud schemes in the Garden State and elsewhere resembled mafia organizations with a boss, usually the campaign manager or the president of the United States or the former president of the United States, handing off day-to-day managing of the mob soldiers to, to the underboss, him. The, the actual candidate was usually kept in the dark deliberately so he could maintain plausible deniability. With mail-in ballots, partisans from both parties hash out and count ballots at the local board of elections, debating which ballots make the cut and which need to be thrown out because of, well, irregularities. The insider said any ballots offered up by him or his operation would come up with a bank corner along with a voter certificate, which contains the voter signature. So the Democratic board of election counters would know the fix was in and not object. Quote, it doesn't stay bent but you can tell that it's bent, the tipster said. Until the certificate is approved, the ballot doesn't matter. They don't get to see the ballot unless they approve the certificate. I invented bending corners, the insider boasted, saying once the once the fixed ballots were mixed in with the normal ones, the bed was made. Once a ballot is opened, it's an anonymous ballot. While federal law warns of prison sentences up to five years, busted voter frauds have seen far less punishment. In, 20, in 2018, a Texas woman was sentenced to five years. An Arizona man busted for voting twice in the mail was given just three years probation. A study by Conservative Heritage Foundation found more than a thousand instances of documented voter fraud in the United States, almost all of which occurred in the past 20 years. Quote, there's nothing new about these techniques said Hans van Spakovsky, senior legal fellow at Heritage. Uh, everything he's talking about is perfectly possible. The city board of elections declined to answer the post's questions on ballot security. Yeah, so there you go. Honest elections do matter, you would think. But the media says, and our politicians tell us, that we have the most secure elections ever. All right, nine minutes left, which means we end the show today as we do every day with a little news blitz to see what's going on out there today. We'll check in where we can. New black box data of, of China's. Oh, let me say hello, everyone, over to the foxhole. Tennessee, Tim, you're, you're dropping all kinds of cookies on me. Ladybird as well. Mr. Spock, Doug is my. Thank you guys for the 1618 gold pills over there on the foxhole.app. Thanks, guys. Over here on Twitch. What's good, guys? Thanks for the new follows over there. Uh, Vlyn Quinn and Old Moody. Dr. J. Blazer, again, thank you for giving the gift and the sub. If you guys have an Amazon, you can help the show by gifting your Amazon to a subscription of the channel. Thank you guys very much for being here today. Just Mojo's just getting in the house. What's going on, Just Mojo? You guys really busy out there? Hope all is well. I bet uh, this time of the year you are super busy. Texas, go vote for AG Paxton, indeed. Indeed, lots of voting stuff happening today. New black box data of China's Eastern Jet points to an intentional nosedive. Huh. <laughs> Boeing shares are higher after the Wall Street Journal reports that the China Eastern 737-800 jet that crashed in southern China in March was intentional. 
People familiar with the matter said the plane was cruising at high altitude when it unexpectedly spiraled into a nosedive and slammed into the side of a mountain. It said the black spot data recovered from the crash suggested someone in the cockpit inputted data that made the plane dive. Quote, the plane did what it was told to do by someone in the cockpit. Shares of Boeing boosted. Uh, people from Airbus or Chinese airlines couldn't be found for comment. Got that one done. Epoch Times, lawsuit seeking Biden claimant uh, disinformation push. Got that one covered. Democrat senator suffers stroke while giving a speech. On Sunday, freshman senator Chris Van Hollen, a Democrat in Maryland, suffered a minor stroke while delivering a speech. Van Hollen was admitted to George Washington uh, University Hospital, remains under observation. The first-term senator reported feeling lightheaded when speaking at the event in Western Maryland. After seeking medical attention, doctors confirmed that he had a, a stroke. So there is that. Checking in with FCCED today to see if there's any financial crimes going on out there. If we checked in yesterday, we found that one yesterday. Goldman Sachs officials reaching $79.5 million shareholder settlement over the 1MDB scandal. Yes, indeed. So nothing new, uh, basically, in uh, FCCED today. We'll check in back with them tomorrow. Checking in with the Department of Justice, as we do every day, to see if they figure out how to do justice. We don't need to see your speeches. Stop talking and start doing your freaking jobs. Justice Department announces pro publication of the first volume of the National Firearms and Commerce and Trafficking Assessment. That's nice. Did they, did they include the CIA in that? Just curious if uh, the Justice Department... Um, did an assessment of the CIA's uh, trafficking of firearms. That would be great if you could if you could do that. Uh, that's where the majority of trafficking comes from. Uh, they'll solve that problem pretty quick. Justice Department sues a to compel a U.S. business person to register under a Foreign Agents Registration Act. Um, files False Claims Act against medical device manufacturer for training providers to improperly reuse disposable items. Former executive of pesticide manufacturing company pleads guilty to making and using a false document. Three portfolio managers and Alliance Global Investors, U.S., charged in connection with a multi-billion dollar fraud scheme. Ohio woman pleads guilty to violating the Lacey Act by selling marbled crayfish. Can't, can't do that. Can't sell uh, fish from other places that are uh, endangered in America. Can't do that. Bad, 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 bad. Uh, Violet Crime uh, uh, Summit in the Justice Department. That's great. Yeah. See if you can figure out uh, who um, and in Black, and Antifa and Black Lives Matter uh, burn cities. Uh, if the DOJ could uh, host a summit on that, that would be great. That'd be great. Uh, DOJ holds a settlement in sexual harassment lawsuit against an Iowa landlord. Yesterday, orth- or brace suppliers convict some kind of orthotic. Race suppliers convicted in a $6.5 million healthcare fraud scheme. Uh, we talked about Abbott Laboratories yesterday, and a man sentenced to prison for traveling to a sexually abuse minors. That is your summary of the DOJ today and a summary of the news today, indeed. It's good to see you guys out there. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Liberty Bells, thank you for that. I appreciate you very much. Let's go check in with, uh, see if there's anything breaking out there today. Uh, let's see. Cat the Great DOJ sends a letter requesting January 6th committee share interview transcripts. Uh, so that will be interesting. NBC News, January 6th share. Interesting. So that is from Cat the Great today. Cognitive Carbon. BLM founder Patrice Cullors paid her baby's father $970,000. That's Isn't that great? Isn't that just great? 
Uh, let's see. Just Human. What's what's he got going on out there today? Prosecutors allege Michael Sussman planned October surprise against Trump in September 16, 2016 FBI meeting. Yes, indeed. Um, let's see. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much the summary of the day is the, uh, the planned October surprise. Uh, new column from Brian Cates out there today if you want to check that out. Uh, Lara Logan, let's check in with her. McConnell's exhilarating insurrection. We covered that one. And conspiracies about conspiracy theories. A little trip down memory lane. Dude, trust me. Dude, I'm telling you, man. Just listen, bro. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Those of you who have been staying with me for four years can laugh your ass off of that and go, hmm. Uh, let's see. Anything else happening out there today? Sydney Powell. Frontline flash. Fatalities and mandates in Italian courts. Citing over 10,000 deaths in a million adverse events. Italian courts end COVID shot mandates comparing them to Nazism. When will American courts do the same? That's a good question, Sydney. Uh, let's see. New Red, Red Pill News is out there if you want to see that. He, Red Pill just released that. Um, and Uncovered DC. Shift commits to transparency and reporting. Unexplained aerial phenomena. UFOs. We need to talk about UFOs while Sussman's trial is happening. Yeah. Uh, what's this from Zero Heads? WTI rebounds after big surprise, crude and gasoline draws. Oil prices slipped lower today after Biden administration announced its plans to allow Chevron to negotiate its oil license with Venezuela's national producer. That's because Venezuela is nothing but a, just a big old money laundering hub for the Marxist globalist regime. Mood on the Wall Street has never been more apoplectic. Tech short is the biggest since 2006. Those of you who heard us several years ago warning of the tech crash, hopefully you listened and got your money out of it. Nowhere to hide. The bigger this big each crash is bigger than the last. The U.S. set to block Russian debt payments, pushing Moscow closer to a historic default. So the games continue to happen, and that's pretty much all I see happening out there today in the news. Thank you guys for hanging out with me today. As you do every day, we'll be back again tomorrow for another exist, another edition of Uncensored Abe. Everyone over there on Rumble, thanks for being here today, guys. I appreciate you very much, uh, Michelle, uh, uh, Ildi the Hun, Just Mojo. Uh, knock my socks off. Good to see you guys out there. Hank, thank you all for being over there. Several lurkers, Joe Patriot and others out there. Thank you very much for hitting the plus button over there. And thank you for subscribing on Rumble. Much love to you all out there. All the lurkers out there on DLive and Tiger Network and elsewhere. CloudHub, we've been getting great views on Cloud. Thanks, guys, for being here today over, over there on CloudHub as well. And everyone over there on Twitch, thanks for being here today, guys. Thrash Daddy with a new follow. Thank you for that, buddy. I appreciate you very much. Thanks for being here today. Knock my socks off. Sea Dragon, Enrique, Liberty Bells, Palladius. Thank you guys all very much. 1,713 gold bills today. Thank you very much. Liberty Bells, Tennessee Tim, Lady Bird, Mr. Spock, Doug is my, all of you guys out there. The Scratch Off has been released. Thank you for being here today, guys. Z Patriot, peace, peace to you, brother. And with that, I want to say much love and God bless you all. Thank you for being here today as you are every day. We'll be back for another edition of Uncensored Dave again tomorrow, 5 Eastern, 4 Central, every day. Much love. Have a great week. Have a great evening. Treat the word impossible as nothing more than motivation. Relish the opportunity to be an outsider. Embrace that label. Being an outsider is fine. Embrace the label. Because it's the outsiders who change the world. 
and who make a real and lasting difference.